the last few weeks, we've been in a, a series called O. Anybody, what's O? Everybody say O. What's that stand for? Open heavens. Good job. Good job, everybody. Open heavens. And that's what we're going to focus on today. We want to be people who live in, in an open heaven. And one of the things I found out as I've been researching and studying this was that, um, that this is a subject that you're really just not going to get to the end of. It's, um, in, in, in our, you know, in our situation here over the last few weeks, I think we've been, um, we've kind of been like the uh, proverbial iceberg. Has anybody ever seen one of those, those pictures of, um, you know, an iceberg? Matter of fact, go ahead and stick that up there. Um, so, you know, on, oh, man, I was feeling a little chilly there, but, uh, it was so an iceberg, you know, you just, you just kind of see the tip of the surface and and I think that's exactly what we've done in, um, in this situation. We've just scratched the surface. So I encourage you, continue to study, to continue to pursue some of these things. In reality, I think when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to an open heaven, what we really want to do is we want to see this upside down, okay? And so uh, we want to see it like this, <laughs> all right? So that, that the part that's down here, the, the tip that we would normally see, that's kind of earth. That's what we experience. But there's so much more in the heavens. There's so much more of God to experience. So it's, it, it's like we want to look at it upside down. As a matter of fact, statistics would tell us that only about 10% of an iceberg is seen and the other 90% of it is, um, is under. It's, it's the part that's not seen. And I think that's a good way to look at life, that about 10% of it is what's seen, 10% of it's what it's experienced right here on earth, but there's so much more to come. Now, some of you are so astute, you're saying, ah, oh, look at that, he just, they just flipped the picture upside down. You're right, that, that, that's what we did. But you know, I was researching and studying and found out that there really is such a thing as an iceberg rolling. And when it, uh, when, what happens, and I thought this was so neat, when that, that iceberg flips over, when it rolls, it's a currents or whatever happens, that um, it looks completely different than we might expect it to, um, to look. All of that, this is, this is actually a true, it's a, it's a very rare thing that happens where this iceberg, all of this was under the water, under the surface, but somehow or another, the events took place and this iceberg rolled over. And what they say about it is they say that there's so much going on here that this, that it doesn't just look, have the white snow cover because it's, it's been underwater and it's glassy and it's clear. And they even say, said that when they, they do research on this, that there's things that are moving, there's streams of water that are moving within this, um, this, uh, the bottom part or what would have normally been the bottom part of the, um, the iceberg. So I, I don't know about you, but that kind of just um, it got hold of me. I thought, man, you know what? This is pretty cool. How about if we just turn the world upside down? How about instead of focusing on just the, the here and the now and just these things that we see and that exist, but that we decide we're going we're gonna to be people who live in the heavens. We're going to live in the spirit. We're gonna, we might have our feet on the earth, but we're going to live in the spirit. We're going to experience everything that God has for us from heaven. Amen. Amen. So let's not limit how great, how big God is. And as a matter of fact, if we looked at it literally, that God really isn't in heaven. Heaven is in God, right? Listen to a couple of scriptures. First Kings chapter eight, verse 27 says this. It says, but God in, will God indeed dwell on earth? 
Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less just a, a temple that's built on earth. Deuteronomy 10, 14 says, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to you, belong to the Lord your God, also the earth and the, all that is in it. You see, God created the heavens and God created the earth. And, and he's bigger than the heavens and he's bigger than the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 33, um, I found this just to be an interesting scripture, says there is no one like the God of Jeshurun, of Jeshurun who rides the heavens to help you and his excellency on the clouds. So when God goes surfing, he surfs on the heavens and he surfs on the clouds. But listen why he does that. The scripture goes there, it says this. He does this, he rides the heavens to help you. God of heaven wants to help you. God of heaven wants to open the heavens over your life. He wants to pour his spirit out upon your life. He wants to benefit and bless your life. Anybody say, if God wants to do that, I want to receive it. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Well, Father, one more time we come to you today and we say thank you for being God. Thank you for being God who is so great that your, your word tells us that the heavens are your throne and the earth is your footstool. God, we, we, we don't ever want to allow, God, our hearts and our minds to limit or to, or to minimize how great you are. We want to exalt you, God. We want, we want to acknowledge that you are bigger, that you are more powerful and awesome, God, than our hearts, than our minds can even imagine. And so, God, today, we thank you for being our Father. We thank you for causing us to be your children. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and living in us. And Jesus, we thank you for being the one who loves us so much that you laid down your life. Come now, God, and fill our hearts and our minds with all that you are, that we can be your people working in your kingdom for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You got your Bibles? Turn over there to De Deuteronomy chapter 28. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, the scripture says that the Lord will open to you, I love this verse, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of, the, of your hands. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. Amen. Doesn't that sound like a good thing that God wants to open up his heavens? He wants to open up the treasures of heaven and pour that out on your life. He wants to bless your life. You know, over the past few weeks, we've talked about at different times some of the blessings of heaven. And, and I want to kind of just kind of list them real quickly. One of the blessings of heaven is just God's presence. We, we talked about this scripture in Genesis chapter 28 where Jacob had an encounter with the Lord and Jacob's, he's, he's running from his father and he's, he's running away from his brother who wants to kill him and he goes and he comes to this place called Bethel and at Bethel he uh, has an encounter with God and in this encounter, one of the things that God says to me, he says, Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm, I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide. I'm going to, I'm going to be with you. Let, let, me, let me say this today. Every blessing that we experience in life, everything that we have, our, our, our life, our, our being, our identity, it all comes from the presence of the Lord. The only reason we exist is because of the Spirit, because of the blessing of Almighty God. Another blessing of, um, of heaven is the, we read about it last week about the, in Acts chapter two, 
about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Remember it said they were gathered together in an upper room and while they were there, they were waiting upon the Lord that the Holy Spirit came and, and he baptized, he filled all of the believers. There, there was a rushing mighty wind, there were tongues of fire, people were baptized, they began to speak with other tongues, they began to manifest things that had not been a part of their life previously. God blesses us with the fullness of his spirit in us to be the people that he's created us to be. The manifestations of the Spirit, whether it's, um, like I said, tongues or heavenly languages or, or gifts to sing and to lead worship or gifts to serve or, 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 or knowledge or prophecy or wisdom, that, that all of these things God pours out on his children so that he can equip us, equip us for victory, that he can equip us to be overcomers. You know, another thing that we find out that God blesses us with and and uh, we didn't touch on this much, but it's amazing to me that over 200 times in the scripture and, and over half of those times in the New Testament that we find out where there are angels that come and minister to the people of God. There's a reference to angels where, where, where Jesus, the scripture says that after he was, the heavens opened up, you remember in Matthew chapter three, and it says that, that Jesus was baptized. When he's baptized, the heavens opened up and God speaks and it says that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he goes out, he's led out by the spirit and, and he goes through this temptation. Remember we say that if we're gonna be going through and overcoming temptation, we're gonna overcome by the spirit of the Lord, by an open heaven manifesting in our lives, amen? It says that then at the end of this time that the angel, that an angel of the Lord came and ministered to him. Stephen in his stoning, the angel of the Lord came and ministered. Can I tell you this? I sincerely believe that God has angels assigned to each and to every one of our lives. And that as we live in an open heaven, as we live submitted to the Lord, as we live dependent upon the Lord, that we are welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We're welcoming the angels to come and to minister. We're welcoming the blessings of God at every point and place in our lives. Amen? I want that. I hope that, that you want that as well today. So there's the ministering angels, there's the promises of God. We talked about the presence of God. There's promises of God. We could just go through the scripture and look at all of the promises of God that flow from this open, open heaven. There's the protection of God. That's, um, how many people think that, 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 that God has just protected us in ways we can't even imagine? Amen. We've, we've probably all had those experiences where, whew, that was a close one. You know what I'm talking about? That, uh, I remember a few years ago, we were coming back from the lake one day and, and um, Yvette was, had already left and I was loading up the boat and stuff. And, and, um, and she, the, the, the intersection there at um, 155 and um, whatever that road is right there by Brookshire's and stuff, you know, that, um, that there was, she goes through, there's a, um, a logging truck that the brakes didn't work and blows through the intersection. And if something, for some reason, if she had not, if she could have been right there, it happened right in front of her. And this, how many people have had those experiences where it's like, oh, wow, somebody must be watching over me. Can I tell you that God really does. He protects us. I wonder how many times that the, the enemy has tried to, has wanted to launch an attack against your life and he's wanted to, to cause there to be sickness or, or harm or some type of thing that would, would just wipe you out and, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. In the same way that he said to Peter, he says, you know what? The enemy has sought to sift you, but I'm praying for you. 
I believe that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for us, amen? And he's praying, and he's saying, no, that plan's not going to work, and that assignment's broken, and that demonic attack has to be squashed, because, my, because they're living under an open heaven, and we will protect them. God is our protector, and he's the one who provides for us. He provides every need in our lives. That's kind of the first thing that we started out with and we started talking about the open heavens. He provides for every need in our life. He provides for peace and finances and joy and comfort and, and food. You know, I, I wish that we could really get a hold of this and understand that God's intention for his people is always good. Come on, come on. God's intention for you is good. Amen. Turn to somebody, tell them, say, God wants good for you. Amen. I mean, this is reality. However we ever got things twisted to believe that God was some big, bad ogre, I, I, um, sitting up on this throne and, and boy, you step on the crack and he's going to give you a whack. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just not who God is. God is God who loves his children, who loves his people, who wants to bless and to fill our lives. Uh, even the scripture like in Malachi chapter 3, where it says, of, many of you know this scripture, and this is a scripture that uh, so many times I think, oh no, here we go, we're going to talk about let, let, Let's read the scripture in context and see what God says. He says, bring all of the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now stop just for a minute. Why, why would God want there to be food in my house? Do you, do you think God needs our food? Do you think God needs us to supply for him? <laughs> Not at all. As a matter of fact, the scripture lets us know that the only reason, reason we receive supply here on earth is because it flows from his glorious heavenly riches into our lives. God is the one who provides do you know what I think? God wants food in his house so it can source other people. God's thinking about people who have need, and he's letting you be a part of helping to minister to those needs. So he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Open for you the windows of heaven. We see it again. God wants, listen, God's desire over your life is for there to be an open heaven, an open heaven so his presence can continually be flooding our lives, an open heaven so that his blessings can flood our lives. Let's look and see. I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, I know that, that um, and I believe that this does have a financial application. I believe that as we are obedient to the Lord in our life, we know this to be true, that as we tithe, as we bring the first 10%, the first 10%, the first, the first, amen? I believe God gets his first, amen? The first 10%, that it redeems all the rest, that it, that it opens up an opportunity for God to do special things in our lives. But I don't believe that it's just limited to finances. I, I, I believe you can't outgive God when it comes to money. I, I believe that, that, first of all, we wouldn't have any money to give unless God gave it to us. Amen? Amen. <coughs> 
<laughs> but, but the scripture goes on and listen to what it says. He says, I'm going to pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Look, not for God's sake, for your sake. I'll rebuke the devourer. You know, there's a whole section of scripture where it talks about that, how that there are things that the canker worm has eaten and there's desolations of many generations and there's, there's all kinds of things that have gone on that have eaten away the, the goodness and the, and the blessings and the manifestations of God in the lives of individuals. And listen to this, in the lives of families for generations, for for, 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 for that the heritage, as far back as you look, has been one of, of difficulty and, and, and maybe even poverty or, or sickness or divorce. And, and there are things that have gone on in people's lives where the devourer has come in and has eaten away what God wanted to be good, what God wanted to be blessed, what God wanted to increase from one generation to the next. The enemy's come in and has kind of eaten away at it. But look what God says here. He says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I love this, man. It really does make me think of that Isaiah 61 where he says that there will be, that the desolations of many generations will be restored. That the things that have been torn down and have been broken down are going to be built back up. How many people know that when God rebukes the devourer, that it's going to be blessing for your sake? Amen? Do you believe that this morning? I believe that God can rebuke the devourer and sickness will not come upon your house. I believe that God can rebuke the devourer so sickness doesn't come upon your house. Do you believe it? I believe that God can rebuke the devourer and keep the devourer from eating up finances in your life. Anybody ever gone through a season where it just seems like every time you turn around, there's another one of those things coming up, right? You, you've got, you know, the, you got to take the dog, Right? The dog, because they are such blessings. And how many dog people do we have here? Oh, in that case, I love dogs. Um, so so we got lots of dog people here. So how many Christians do we have here? Not, not, we got more dog people than we got Christians. <laughs> but, uh, but man, I'm telling you, you know, you, you got to have this and you've got to have that. And next thing you know, there's a little thing here on the washer and a little thing on the car. And, a little, and it's, I believe at times, I know things wear out. I know we need to be good stewards. I know we need to plan to maintenance things. But can I say that sometimes it's just an attack of the devourer. He's just trying to rip off and steal. And I, you know what? If we will be people who will put our trust and obedience in God, I believe that God will rebuke. You know what that means? He's going to say, No. When God says no, it doesn't happen. Amen? So God will rebuke the devourer for your sake, but it doesn't stop there. And can I say that I also believe that it goes into our hearts? Like we were talking about earlier, there's times when the devourer just wants to come and he wants to steal your identity. God says, you are my child, you are chosen, you are beautiful, you are special. I've called you by my name. I've got purpose for you. I want to set you on a pathway where you will be a blessing and through you the nations of the world will be blessed and the enemy comes along and says, you're rotten. Nobody likes you, everybody hates you, right? You ought to go eat worms, the rest of however that poem goes, right? And he keeps tearing away and he keeps eating away and he keeps digging away at who you really are and God can come and say, no. 
I rebuke the devourer of their identity. I rebuke the devourer of peace. I rebuke the devourer of harmony in marriage relationships. Amen? It's not always going to be strife. It's not always going to be conflict. It's not always, always going to be, you know, just disagreements and, and, and arguments and fight. No, no, no. There can be peace and, and two can dwell together in unity and harmony. And, and we can, there can be homes that, and I'm telling you, there can be homes and God wants there to be homes that are so filled with his presence that they really do burn brightly. And the scripture says that we want to set that home, set that city on a hill so all men can see the light of his presence. So God rebukes the devourer for your sakes so that he will not, the devourer will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Look at that. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in your field. I believe that there are people that have been, that have been planting and you've been, you've been sowing some things and you've been watering some things and you've been, you've been weeding around those things. You've got some dreams that you've been pursuing. You've got some passions. You've got some, some enterprises. You've got some, some activities that, that you believe that God led you to and you've been working on these things. But the enemy wants to come and he wants to try to cause them to fail. He wants to try to cause to keep them down. He wants to, to cause them to be difficult. He wants to cause them to be delayed. But I believe that as God's people, we have the right to come and to be under God in an open heaven, walking in obedience to him, and he can rebuke the devourer so the things, so the things will come to fruition in your life. Amen? Come on, get this with me this morning, church. That, there, that there's things that you've sown into, you've put your heart into, there's relationships and and there, there's, there's, there's um, all kinds. I, I do. I believe businesses. I believe that there's all kinds of things. I believe that there's ministry in your heart. And, and even for us as a church, there's things that we're, sometimes it seems like we're plowing. But I said, you know what? When God steps to the front and rebukes every obstacle, those hills have to lay down. Amen? Those, those, those low places have to, have to fill in so that we can walk the pathway that God has prepared. God wants to bless his people. Scripture goes on in verse 12 and it says, and all nations, all nations shall call you blessed for you will be a fruitful, a delightful land, says the Lord, a delightful land. You know what that means? That means your land's going to be so filled. That means your life is going to be so filled with the blessings of God that it's going to reach beyond the borders of your home and your community and it's going to touch the nations of the world. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 16, verse four says this. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. I underlined this in my notes. He says this, he says, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Can I tell you that every day God gives us the opportunity to receive from an open heaven? And you know what he wants he doesn't just want our, our, our money and our sacrifice. He wants us. He just wants to walk in relationship with us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to, to be near to us. And as he is near to us, then God says, I'm going to fill my life with their presence, with my presence, and out of my presence, all that they need will be supplied. All that they need will be taken care of. Anybody want to walk that way with the Lord every day? Man, I certainly do. God says, trust me, 
Trust me, obey me, and I will, ex- I will meet and exceed your needs. I'll give you direction, peace, comfort, relationships. I- I'll do it in your mind. I'll do it in your heart. I'll do it in your emotions, and I will do it in your body. Amen? How many people know that to be true? Okay, that, that's not just for way back when. I'm telling you, that happens in our world today. Amen? It, it happens in this church. I, I want to share something with you this morning. As a matter of fact, Brother Jerry, Roger, come on up here. Just come on up here for a second. This is, everybody welcome. This is Brother Jerry Williams. Give him a big hand. Amen. <clears throat> we have um, been praying for Jerry, Brother Jerry, for a, uh, quite a while. Um, when we uh, first met him, he was under, uh, under the report of the doctor that said that he had a, a, a very difficult and, and um, a serious uh, lung issue. But, so tell us where we're at today, brother. Well, what, uh, what uh, Pastor Sam was talking about is uh, back in August. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back in August, the... Uh, uh, I'd, I'd had some uh, tests run from uh, at the hospitals, and uh, the test showed that I had a uh, a tumor in my lung. And the uh, the doctors were wanting me to take chemo and uh, radiation and everything like that. And I, I said, No, I wasn't going to do that. Just going to be me and God. And then uh, shortly thereafter. Pastor Sam and Pastor Corey prayed over me, had a uh, church in Houston, did some intercessory prayer over me, and I'm here to tell you today that the miracles of God still are around. I am healed of cancer. (laughs) There. Last time we talked uh, to two doctors, doctors, um, they both said, you don't have anything to worry about anymore. Praise God. You're healed. Well, they never used the word healed, but, <laughs> but I know what they meant. Because Satan was the one that was doing that, not God. That's right. And as soon as Satan got out of there, I was healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Listen, we said earlier when we started talking about uh, this uh, open heavens that I believe, I'm, I'm praying for, for there to be more signs and wonders. Look, we're not seeking signs and wonders. We're seeking the Lord. But I'm telling you, he's pouring out manifestations of healing. Thank you, Brother Jerry, for sharing that. There's others. I'm telling you, we're going to be hearing more testimonies in our XYZ group a couple of weeks ago. Man, we got to hear some testimonies about how God worked. How many people believe God's desire is to rebuke the devourer and pour healing out in our lives, to show signs and wonders? Hey, if his presence is here, signs and wonders can't help but manifest. Amen? Amen. Listen, I, I believe that God is proud of his children. I, I love that scripture when he says to Jesus, when, when Jesus is baptized, he goes, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I believe that he wants to, to pour his presence into us so that he can, so that he can um, work through us so that people can see his blessing on our lives. You know, that's, that's part of who we are. We not only 
enjoy the blessings of God, but we carry the atmosphere of heaven with us everywhere we go. We know we're citizens of heaven, amen? We might be dwelling in Texas, but we're citizens of heaven, amen? And so God wants the atmosphere of heaven to flow through our lives. So let's talk about what are some of the, are some, what, what are some words that would describe the atmosphere of heaven? One of the words that describes the atmosphere of heaven is this, it's worship. Man, didn't you enjoy just worshiping, being in the presence of the Lord today? And, and let me say this, thank you, worship team. Y'all did a great job today, Hannah, thank you. We really appreciate it. But can I tell you, amen, give them a hand. Amen. We do. I, I appreciate But can I tell you that worship isn't about music and it's not about instruments and it's, it's not about songs. And so it's about what's in our heart. There's lots of people that, and, and, and I hate this, I hate to even think about this ever being a reality here at New Covenant where people would come in and they would sing songs but never worship. The atmosphere of heaven is, a, is an atmosphere where God is worshipped, where he is exalted for who he is and for all that he does in the lives of his people. I mean, that, that's part of the atmosphere of heaven. If you don't like worship, you're not going to like heaven. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, because the scripture tells us that, that it is filled with worship 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's, it's always going on throughout eternity. You want to know what it's like? Just go read Isaiah chapter 6 where the angels of the Lord are worshiping him and, and we get to come and we get to say, angel, excuse me, step back a little bit, right? We're going to step up here to the front because we're going to worship him because he has saved our lives. He created us and gave us life. Heaven's filled with worship. You know, another one of the things that, that manifests out of heaven is just love. Love. It's love that's demonstrated. And, and can I tell you this, that I wanted to say this, humility is one of the things that manifests. And love and humility go together like, like hand in glove. Because you know what? Love prefers the brother. Love prefers a sister. Love says, I'm here to serve. Love is what, what filled Jesus' life and so that every place he went, there were good things that happened. They were demonstrated because of God's, of his love for the Father, his desire to do the Father's will, and his love for people. Can I tell you, I love seeing love manifested through the body of Christ and seeing it demonstrated. I, I, think, I think love is, is just, it's honoring to people. And, and even this week, I don't, I don't want to just spend all the time bragging, but, but can I tell you, I am so proud of you as a church that this week I saw you honor people and love people and, and out of humility serve people. I, I saw people visiting at hospitals and I saw people that were carrying meals to people in need and people that were helping other people out. And can I tell you, that's the atmosphere of heaven. That's heaven being manifested here on earth. That's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. God wants that, that atmosphere of heaven to continue to flow, to continue to flow. And how it flows is it flows in and through our lives into the world in which we live. Uh, who else coming up? Oh, thank you, RJ. So uh, Pastor Chris and I got to go to a, a little event um, on Thursday. It was called a Pastor's Roundtable. It was held up at Grace Outreach Church in... Um, in um, Plano, the pastor there is a guy named Gerald Brooks, and for years Gerald Brooks was a uh, um, he was an associate. He's I guess he's still on some of the boards with a guy named John Maxwell. Anybody here ever heard of John Maxwell? He's a kind of a leadership guru. Has been a pastor and a teacher, and 
So Gerald told the story. He said that he and John went to um, a meeting with a guy named Fred Smith. Uh, I know there's a Fred Smith here locally, but this is the Fred Smith that founded FedEx, okay? Has anybody ever heard of FedEx? Anybody see the video about the FedEx guy this week? Uh, you know, okay, about rescuing the American flag. So, um, yeah, go FedEx, all right? But um, so uh, he, they go to see him. He had gone through a very difficult situation, but he's a m- multi-billionaire, has started this successful company, and so they're having this meeting and discussing some different things. And Gerald, the pastor, he said uh, he was just kind of there watching, and all of a sudden he said that Fred Smith turned to him and looked at him and said, Pastor, what is the problem with today's church? And he said, um, man, all of a sudden, this whole list of things ran through his mind. <laughs> he goes, where, where do you want to start? And he said, but, but, but wisdom prevailed. And he didn't say anything. He said, well, sir, well, what do you think the problem is? And he made this statement. He made this statement. He said, I think that the problem is that people have forgotten that we are not in the consumer business, that we're in the distribution business. We are distributors. We get so caught up in what we get, folks. We've got to remember that that it's not about just consuming, that it's about distributing, amen? It's distributing the flow of heaven. It's about about giving. So so you see, even when we come to church, and I know we, we, we worship and we get blessed and we get message and we get ministry, but can I tell you that the church isn't just for you who are here The church is also for those who've yet to get here. Amen? Amen. Come on, right? So so that so that the empty seats here are are they're there, okay, for people to come and to fill so that they can not just be bodies in seats, but there can be life in bodies. Amen? That people can be saved. And so we want to be, we want to understand that we are people who um, we are people who are carrying out the work of heaven here on earth. We are the distributors. And remember a few weeks ago, we talked about, we said that the focus of heaven is people, is people. God's always, think about this. The scripture says that God never takes his eye off of people, that there's not one single person living on the face of the earth that God isn't looking at. He doesn't blink. He never misses a a nanosecond of your life. The focus of heaven is people. And can I tell you that if the focus of heaven is people, that a big part of our focus needs to be people, amen? We need to be a church. We need to be a people who, who say, look, I'm going uh, to be about the business that Jesus is about. I'm going to be about the business of caring for people and praying for people and reaching out to people and interceding for people. You see, God says, what I want to do is I want to take my presence, pour it into your life, and through you, I want to distribute it to every person that you meet. The the only place life comes from is heaven. It's from God. Amen? Do we agree on that? We agree that God is the source of life. Hey, folks, get this. I'm telling you, we, we need to understand that life is God's. Somebody some time ago in a made the comment that said, you know what? They said, people can have um, relationships to have children. You know, they, they can go through that, that process, but only God causes there to be conception. That's why every child is valuable. Amen? That's why 
every child at the earliest point and in the earliest state in the womb and from the, from the second that it, the conception takes place, that child is valuable, amen? And that's why we're a people who, who stand up for the unborn. And that's why we're a people who, who we don't just celebrate the sanctity of life on a Sunday once a year, but we celebrate the sanctity of life every second of every day of every year. Because life comes from God. And God has said, I pour my life into you and through you. I pour my life into workplaces and campuses and homes and stores. I pour myself through you. We're the ambassadors. Remember last week we read that scripture? That he's made us to be ambassadors. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's not just, um, I I, I was reading that scripture there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 last uh, this past week again. And, and you know, I, I could see where, because Paul was writing this and Paul was an apostle and, and there were other apostles that he was talking about. Some could say, oh, okay, so Paul had the ministry of reconciliation. So the ministry of reconciliation, it's pastor's jobs or it's minister's jobs. And let me just tell you today that the ministry of reconciliation is every person's job. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you are saved, if you've been born again, then God has imparted to you the ministry of reconciliation. Um, I don't know where Matt went. Um, let me tell you, parents, parents, the job of, uh, of reconciliation is, is your job. Roger, where's that microphone? You still got the microphone? Nicole, come here for a second, please. Grab that mic. Is it a beautiful thing when the ministry of reconciliation flows through a family into a home? Yes. How would you know that? Do you want to share with anybody what happened this week? You put me on the spot like that. I know. <clears throat> so, um, this, well, for the past few weeks, our daughter Addie, that's what you're talking about? Yes. Right? Okay. <laughs> uh, Is there something else I should know? Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, So for the past few weeks, our daughter Addie, that's six, uh, she's been asking, uh, saying that she might be ready to ask the Lord into her heart. And so we'd been talking about it and just listening and letting her ask questions. And then Monday night, we were putting her to bed and she said, it's time, I'm ready. (laughs) And I can't, I mean, emotions you can see, but just the, the joy of being a parent and, and hearing those words come from your child, even when they're that young, yeah. like she truly understood what it meant to ask Jesus into her heart. And so Matt and I prayed with her and led her in the prayer of salvation. And immediately you could just see the <laughs> brush of joy over her. She knows now that she truly is a child of God. And um, anyway, it was just Amen. something we will never forget and she will never forget. So. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> the ministry of reconciliation. You know, we've said this before, but I, I promise you, you know, we've had a lot of great church services, but, but you, you want to have the best church service ever? then just, just invite some of your friends who aren't saved, who don't know Jesus, and bring them to church with you. Just say, come on, just hang out with us. Prom- take them to lunch. I'll buy you lunch afterwards, you know? you know? And watch them come in and watch God work and, 
And just think about this for a minute. Suppose that lost loved one or that lost coworker or that, that person who didn't know Jesus, suppose they came in and got saved. Suppose they came in and, and heavens opened up and they received the blessing of life in Jesus Christ. How many people think that might be one of the best church services you've ever been in? Amen? Certainly the best they'll be in, right? Hey, listen, guys, God wants to work. He wants open heaven to flow in our lives over our lives and through our lives. Every single person. So just as we close this morning, every head bowed, nobody looking around. Let me ask you this. Is there anybody here today that says, you know what, Pastor, what you're talking about, I don't, I don't know if that's a reality in my life, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Seems like my life is filled with a lot of hell, <laughs> going through a lot of torment, a lot of rough stuff, but but I want, I, want, I want Jesus to come in and to be the Lord of my life and to give me a new life, a heaven kind of life. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's what I want today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior right now. If you just slip your hand up real quick. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Is anyone else this morning? Okay. How about this? Anybody else that would just say, maybe just um, you're here this morning, you're a believer, but you know what? You say, God, I don't feel like I'm experiencing the level of heaven on earth that God wants me to. I, I want to receive more of heaven so that I can give more of heaven. So that the flow of heaven can fill my life and flood out through my life, impacting people that I know with the good news of Jesus Christ and eternity to come. Is that ministered to anybody? Is that where you're at this morning? If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand? Yes. Yeah, that's all of us, isn't it? Would you stand with me this morning, please? Let's pray. Come on. If you were one of the ones who raised your hand just to give your life to Jesus this morning, then just pray this in your heart as I pray this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you came from heaven to earth. You lived a perfect life and laid down your life. God, for me, Jesus, you, um, you shed your blood on that cross to take away my sins. You were buried in a tomb and resurrected to life and, so that I could have life. I welcome you to come in and to forgive my sins and to give me a new life, that I can have heaven here on earth, that I can be who you created me to be and live the life you've created me to live. And Father, for the rest of us right now, would you just, uh, just do this with me this morning? Would you just take your hands and just stretch them out like this and say, Jesus, come on, just say, Jesus, just fill us with the fullness of your presence. Let every blessing of heaven fill our lives and flow through our lives to impact this world. May you work in us and through us to touch men and women, boys and girls, people in our own families and strangers, people here in our community and people around the world. We welcome you, God, to take our lives and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand together. Amen. God, we love you so much.
Hey, listen, God loves you. God is proud of you. Let, let me read one quick thing to you. Let me, let me just, this is a section of scripture from Revelation. And really, I just pray this over you as a blessing. It says, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said, now write these words, uh, true and faithful. And he said, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountains of the water of life freely to those who thirst. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he will be my son. God's proud of you. He's proud to be your dad. He's proud to have you as his kids. Amen. And he wants good things for you.